the deadliest tree in the world that you can't even stand underneath when it rains. And we take a look at one of the most dangerous men on the planet, according to him at least. John Storm, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. Just a quick update. I I am going to end up taking a week off of the show. We're going to go ahead and do a couple more episodes to fill this week out. And then the last, and then next week, I won't be producing any episodes. It's not that the Reptilians got me or the Illuminati has me in their basement. I'm just taking a week off for vacation. I've been on vacation for about two weeks now, and I've still been putting out episodes. But that last week, I think I'm going to take off. So there's a possibility that I might release an episode or two during that week. But for right now, you're going to get four more episodes. Then there'll be a week break, and then I will be back don't know if we're calling it season two yet. Probably not. Actually, I already know I'm not going to do that. But so, yeah, we're going to take a week off. We're going to have about four more episodes, take a week off, and we will be back at the beginning of September for a whole new batch of episodes just to give it a little time. It's hard. Actually, the hardest part of doing this show on vacation is not the recording, but the research. But we're going to go ahead and see how this goes. It's possible that I'll release episodes, but just a heads up, if I don't, that's why I'm not kidnapped. Okay, let's go ahead and get on with the first story. So. You've listened to the show long enough. Maybe you're a first listener. Thanks for listening to Dead Rabbit Radio. And you guys know I mispronounce stuff. This story involves a tree, and I'm probably going to mispronounce it too. It is called the Manchiel tree? The Manichiel tree? Whatever it's called, it's creepy, and I never want to see one. So, okay, so the, we'll call it the, Man, the Manchiel tree, because that's the easiest way to pronounce it. And I think that's actually the way you pronounce it, but the Manchiel tree... Is a tree that's found in like the Caribbean. It's actually some in Florida and South America, the northern part of South America. It is a tree that produces like fruit, like trees do. Delicious looking fruit, apparently. So much so that they've had to put signs in near the trees. They'll have signs that say, The leaves, bark, and fruits of these trees contain a caustic sap which may be injurious if touched. Columbus described the small green fruits as death apples. The trees are common along Caribbean shores. Avoid contact with any part of this tree! Exclamation point. When I say signs, I don't mean that there's like signs in the tourist lobby. These signs are nailed up outside, like right next to the tree. You're not supposed to go anywhere. The trees are super toxic to actually almost all living creatures. There's certain lizards that like hang out in them and eat the fruit and they have no problem with it. But animals stay away from them. Humans are supposed to stay away from them. If you chop them down, the sap is toxic, can cause blisters. Eating the fruit can kill you. Um, It'll definitely blister up your throat and cause severe burning and start to close up your esophagus. There's actually a researcher went to a beach and was like, oh, look, I would never just eat random fruit. I'd barely eat fruit at the store. So the fact of someone walking along the beach and going, hey, look at here's this thing I've never seen. Let's put it in our mouths. That's super bizarre. But anyway, so this researcher was there with, I think it was her friend, and they take these fruit and she gives it to her friend and says, hey, let's eat these. Weird enough. Fifteen minutes later, they're coughing and gagging. They poisoned themselves on this tree. Now, I know what you're thinking. This tree is so toxic. Why do we allow them to grow? Like, why don't we chop them all down? Oh, and the other thing is even being under the tree while it's raining can cause the liquid to come, you know, like the tree chemicals to come off and land on you and start to burn you. 
Oh, and you're not supposed to burn them either because the smoke will also cause respiratory problems and skin problems and all that stuff. Super toxic. Super, super toxic. Now, so your question is, before I so rudely interrupted you earlier, Jason, if these trees are so dangerous, why do we keep them growing? Well, because they're actually supposedly like really good for the ecosystem and they help like shore up, um, what's this stuff called? Erosion. Like they help prevent erosion on the beach. So they do serve a purpose. Just, you know, stay away from them. The legend goes that the explorer, famed explorer, Ponce de Leon, was killed by one of these trees, not like it was an ant and chased them around, but that the indigenous people stuck their spears into the apple juice, I guess, or the sap, and then shot them with one, and if that arrow gets in you, then you start blistering from the inside out, and you look like you made a bad wish from a wishmaster, and you killed them. That's a legend, though. They don't know for sure if that's what happened. I just think it's interesting. There are actually a surprising amount of plants that kill people right on site. Not on site, but I mean, there's a good amount of just like poison that's around. As I was researching this story, I found out there used to be an issue with cow's milk being poisoned because back in olden times, and not like Assyrian olden times, but Abraham Lincoln's mom died because cows were eating this poisonous herb near the, where the cows were, and then they made their milk poisonous, and then the the farmers would just sell the milk. Well, they didn't know it was poisonous, but you know they would just distribute the milk as normal, and his mom died from poisoned milk. And then eventually the, the farm, and this was a, a national problem. It wasn't just this one farm. Once the farmers realized what was going on, they had to start like destroying the weeds near the cows, but cows are stupid. They'll eat anything. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of poisonous plants out there. I think it's interesting because hot peppers are technically supposed to be not necessarily poisonous, but the capsaicin is supposed to be a defense mechanism. The pepper plants are like, dude, if I evolve, let me evolve. And then they like evolved capsaicin and they're like, oh, dude, this is awesome. No one wants to eat me. I can freely just germinate. Nobody has to, you know, I'm like shooting seeds out of me. I guess that's how plants work. And then they're like, I have the perfect defense mechanism. Who wants to eat spicy food? Dogs don't want to do it. Birds don't want to do it. And then we're like, eventually humans are like, oh, dude, this is spicy. I'm going to mass, like, I'm going to create a genocide. Like, I'm going to grow you just for the purpose of cutting you open when you get top spiciness. I'm actually going to breed you to be as spicy as possible. So that was a defense mechanism that actually made us eat them. Made us go that you're more delicious than that, I don't know, St. Germain root over there. I don't think that's real. But you get my point. It's a self-defense mechanism that actually encourages us to eat them. So sometimes it doesn't work. Manchil tree. Sometimes we, we may start finding you delicious. I won't, though, because you sound terrifying. Having lesions in my throat would be bad. I, once I found out about butt herpes, you get a herpes sore in your butt. That sounds terrifying as well. Anything that has to do with with your digestive system having open sores, no way. Because you use it all the time. So one thing you use all the time, whether or not you're sick or healthy or bedridden or running up a mountain, you got to eat and you got to poop. So I don't want anything that has to do with either of those having open, <laughs> open sores. I can have an open sore on my hand. I can have an open sore in my ear, but I don't want one in my esophagus. Let's talk about John Storm. John Storm actually is going to lead into another story we're going to do tomorrow. But to really, I originally tried to do it all in one story, and I thought no, because John Storm is going to set up 
some of the major issues I have with the next story tomorrow. So a little bit of a teaser. So who is John Storm? I know what you're thinking. Hey, isn't he Johnny Storm? The the Human Torch from Fantastic Four? Yes, he is, but that's not the one we're talking about. We're talking about a guy who calls himself John Storm, who believes he is a superhero. Now, not in the sense of Stockton's Batman, we covered him on an earlier show, who is a concerned citizen stopping crime. John Storm believes that he actually has 100% mutant powers. Powers that were given to him by the government. So he believes that John Storm is probably like 67 at this point. He's in his late 60s. So let me tell you his version of events. So when he was a baby, he was brought into the... He was basically brought into MKUltra, which was... Uh, MKUltra was a secret government program to test mind control techniques on U.S. citizens for the most part. So they introduced LSD into them. And they did all these sort of mind games, and a couple of people died, and a couple of people went crazy, and it got disclosed, and it was quote-unquote shut down. Now, in John Storm's world, that's not what happened. MK Ultra was about building super soldiers, highly classified, mobile units of just, you could drop him into Vietnam, and he would be snapping necks and killing people, and then come back to the base and smoke a cigar, and the highest general, general would be, thank you, John Storm, for your service. He believes that. He believes that he was dropped into the jungles of Vietnam by himself, taking out people one-on-one. He believes he has a sonic scream attack that he yells and using key energy deafens you, and it's the last sound you'll ever hear. He believes he did not age from 20 to 40, did not show any signs of aging whatsoever. He looked exactly the same. He was the perfect genetic specimen created by the U.S. government, and now he's turned against them. Now he knows. He knows. They programmed him to fight and to kill in a dishonest war. And all the special weaponry that they gave him, all the special training they gave him, the psychic reserves, the just ability to do insane martial art maneuvers, jumping off walls, flicking people so hard in the forehead, they fly across the room, and fracture their skull. Now he's going to use that, those skills, to save us, us homo sapiens, us normal people, he's going to use them. When you come across stuff like this, there's always the question, because I've read a ton about this guy, there's always the question, is he delusional enough to believe that he was created by the U.S. government? Oh, 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 and you're thinking, okay, Jason, there are people who are trained by the U.S. government who are dropped into Vietnam, and take out people and stuff like that. Sure enough. Do they know Spider-Man? Because he does. John Storm, also in Vietnam, met Peter Parker. A young black man who went by the codename Spider-Man. Who, <laughs> who is an expert acrobatic martial artist. And they used to spar. And he goes, he had this great move. So John Storm's like six foot five, But Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man, could do backflips over his head and kick him in the back of the head. John Storm's quick to point out... He didn't kick me that hard because he knew better. It was just kind of a love tap because John Storm knows that he can actually kill Spider-Man in real life. And then years later, John Storm is in New York and he went to a circus and who was there? A guy dressed as Spider-Man jumping around and John Storm goes, hey, it's you, Peter Parker. And he goes, it is me. And then they went to the dressing room and they fought some more and they had a couple of drinks. So, I mean, there's... A, there, uh, 
Yes, the military trains people really, really well. They don't train people named John Storm and Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man. They don't train you and... To, and He said what they do is they break your bones over and over again to make your bones stronger. That was something he endured as an infant. That's not how it works, dude. You get Mike for... Okay, I don't know why I'm quibbling, because there's so much to cover with this guy. So yes, he makes outrageous claims. Now, let me go back to the thing. So he's either delusional and he actually believes that he knows Spider-Man, and that he has these super... He's a trained ninja who has like 140 missions under his belt. He actually believes that, or he's ripping people off, and he's telling these stories to young men and women, and being like, yes, I was a super soldier once. There's a picture of him wearing, like, 1970s clothes, because he is actually quite old at this point. And on the picture it says, in this photo are two knives, eight shirkian, three chain weapons, and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, it's supposed to be like, look at what a badass I am, I have all these weapons hidden. And I can understand if I was a 16-year-old boy, being like, oh yeah, dude, this guy's totally awesome. This guy's a super soldier. And he was trained by the government, but now he's using his powers to help us. He constantly asks for money. And that's what makes me suspicious that he doesn't even believe these claims. He constantly asks for money. Because at a certain point, we don't have any proof that he ever served in the military at all. He has, conveniently, photos of his MRIs that he posts online. And it's like, look at here. That's an implant. Look at here, that black spot. I don't know what that is. Well, why are you circling it then if you don't know what it is? But anyway, so he can provide photos of his MRIs. But I'm not seeing any. He talks about being discharged or honorably discharged. He talks about the the government now needs to stop him. They're constantly trying to kill him. And at one point, he went to his pharmacy. And the pharmacy tried to kill him. The pharmacist tried to kill him. And then he leaves the pharmacy. He never goes into much detail with these claims. Then he leaves the pharmacy and a car almost hits him. And he's like, yeah, luckily. Then he almost gets hit by another car in another story. I'm thinking, how often is this guy jaywalking? I know this sounds super rambly, and it might be. But trust me, this is going to pay off. Maybe, Maybe I should have included it all in one episode. So we have this guy who's a super soldier who was trained by the U.S. government. They're, they're out to get him, and he's ready to fight them. So that's his story. Now we're going to jump to what's really going on. Post YouTube videos of him showing karate tricks, him singing songs, and him complaining about the cops coming into his house. And he's like, oh, and the other thing, all he does is talk about how he's diabetic and has narcolepsy. Narcolepsy to the point that he passes out and sleeps through his next next insulin shot and get sick. How are you a super soldier, bro? How... Uh, he The explanation, I'm sure he has one, that the all of the testing in him has started to break down his body, and now he needs diabetes and <laughs> anti-narcoleptic medicine. That's why he's going to the pharmacy all the time. So he claims he was a super soldier. Now he has narcolepsy, and he needs insulin shots all the time. He claims the government is after him, but he gets disability. So the government knows where it's at. If the government wanted to stop him, they could just stop giving him disability checks and say, oh, it was an error. It was an error. Or just say, you know what, John Storm, yes, you are a secret operative that we created and you've gone rogue. Guess what? You're not getting your sec- you're not we're not getting your disability checks anymore. He's created this world where both things can be true. He depends on the government for his medication and his money. 
Yeah, the, he's the biggest threat to the government, and they're going to stop him at any cost, even to the point of contacting his pharmacist to have him killed. And when that fails, to have him slightly hit by a car a block away from the pharmacist. And when that fails, have him slightly hit by a car later on. You're preying on people one way or the other. You're either delusional, and you're bringing people into your delusion, or you know it's all bull, you know it's all fake, and you're taking their time and their money. It's one of the two. The third option of him actually being a secret, a super soldier is flat out not true. And this is, this is why. I would, be, I would believe that the government has a labs where they experiment on people and turn them into Manchurian candidates or super soldiers. To me, that's not outside the realm of possibility at all. The, they could be taking willing recruits and say, we're going to test these drugs on you, and it's going to turn you into a more effective fighter. It's going to give you a faster ability to heal. We're going to train you in the top techniques from around the world, and even some experimental fighting combat skills that we have. I believe that's 100% possible. Do I believe the government may kidnap people or take prisoners and also say, we're going to put you under extreme conditions to train you? And if you fail, no one cares because you're dead or you're a runaway. That's possible too. A little less likely, a little less likely than 100%, but I'd still, we know they've experimented on prisoners in the past. I, I'm not saying them experimenting on prisoners is unlikely. I'm saying them capturing, you know, kidnapping people or taking people out of prison and trying to turn them into a super soldier. But I definitely think that's within the realm of possibility. What I do not believe is possible for one second that you are a super soldier with all that training who has gone rogue and now talks about taking down this power structure, this M this MK Ultra power structure, and talking to other super soldiers and empowering them to do that, and they still give you disability. I don't believe that for one second at all, because either the government wants to shut you up or they don't. It's a problem with a lot of these conspiracy groups. When I was looking into super soldiers, there was a guy who posted... On the Super Soldier Forum, I tried sending this message out once, but the cops are already on this site. They deleted my last message, so I'm retyping it. How often have you been typing a message on, like, say, Facebook or a comment board on Reddit or 4chan or something like that, and it doesn't go through? Or the message gets deleted before you are able to post it? It's not the cops. It's user error or site lag. But here's my thing. If the cops deleted it, like he thought, how is he able to post the next message? Don't you think the message saying the cops are on this website is more important than anything he could have said before? Because he repeated what he said before and simply added the cops are on the site. They deleted my message while I was typing it. Delusional. Delusional, delusional people. So either the cops are on your site and no information can get through. Or they're not, and you made a mistake. Either you are being hunted by the U.S. government because you are a top operative who has left the system and is exposing them, or you get disability checks from them. It's one or the other, guys. The reason why this is important is that all of this nonsense, in a way, led to the death of a young man because he ran with these guys. He believed in this conspiracy. And my hypothesis, which I will lay out tomorrow, so consider this part one. My hypothesis is that Max Spears, the conspiracy theorist who died 
in 2016, suspiciously, I believe that the delusion that everyone was after him, everyone from the highest government level to the doctor, led to this young man's death. And that's why I get, I'm getting a little irritated talking about the super soldier culture. But we're going to explore more about the death of Max Spears tomorrow. And I think it'll be a good episode. I'm actually, now that I've done it, I'm glad that I've split it up into two. Because I think you kind of have to delve into the insanity of what is a super soldier and who these people are. And then look at how that impacts a young man listening to these fairy tales and buying into this nonsense. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is um, at Jason O'Carpenter. I'm trying to be on Twitter more. I'm trying to get get doing that more. And uh, we'll be on Instagram and all this stuff. When I come back from vacation, we're going to hit up more social marketing and all of that stuff. Guys, if you love the show, just share it. That does the best for us. We don't need Patreon. We don't need any financial backing because the show is so low-end. We are looking at getting sponsors, but again, I want to put that onus on the sponsors. Don't really want to put it on you guys, but if you guys can share the show, either online or with people that you know, that does wonders for us. That really, I appreciate that. I find it, it's very, very helpful. Writing reviews for us helps a lot as well, so there's a lot of ways you can help us out. Um, and, and it requires no money just a little bit of time saying hey you know check out this show that does wonders for us and I know a lot of you guys are already doing that because I can see the growth just keep pushing the show helps us a lot if you enjoy it just keep pushing it Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast you don't have to listen to it every day but I'm glad you listened to it today have a great one guys Stop.